It's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And it's episode 318. Thanks to the good folks at Netgear and Hisense. We'll tell you about them shortly. Uh, Trevor Long with you from EFTM.com, live in the EFTM studio and across the globe in South Korea uh, at Samsung's headquarters, although not right now because it's late at night. Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mates. G'day, Trevor. Good to be talking to you. Not, not, it's unusual I'm not actually looking at you in the same room with you. This is a, a back to the old days for us. Mate, well, it's unusual it's normally looking at you, so, you know, <laughs> you get that. Anyway, we, 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 our commitment is strong. Um, however, the quality is not. It's just it, it's great quality given it's the internet, but it's it's nothing like what we normally have. So that's that's life. That's the two blokes talking tech here, episode three hundred and eighteen. Let's get cracking. So we made a um, a few uh, commitments during the last show. We had a commitment to a code word and a giveaway. We never did that. Um, solid <laughs> commitment we made. And a lot of people yeah. tweeted asking for the code word. That'll come in future yeah. shows once we get our act together. Um, yeah. But more importantly, Stephen, we put it to the people. And I've got to say, um, a huge response. Oh, I, I don't response, think we've had a response yes. like this in, 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 a, in a Twitter call out in a very long time. A uh, number of yep. people that uh, said yes, absolutely do the show. So, I think that was um, that was a glowing endorsement of of just our wonderful broadcasting ability more than anything else. But um, absolutely, yes. Well, it's good that they said that no one tweeted they don't want us to do a show. That you may <laughs> they kept that to themselves. Everyone, the other people who tweeted are the people who wanted us to do a show. Yes, I think uh, the people who didn't want us to do a show, uh, thankfully, just kept quiet. Shout out to Nuggy nineteen eighty three uh, plus one for the Skype show. Although the ha- hashtag Ziggy Zaggy made it spelled Ziggy with a Y, Zaggy with a Y. Just FYI, um, uh, rookie mistake. Some some gibber, Anthony McFadden. <laughs> Imagine, says uh, yes to the Skype <laughs> episode. <laughs> only, only ever um, audience member to a uh, to a two blokes. Absolutely right. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, shout out to Anthony. That's right. Anyway, so uh, we appreciate everyone's input. It, uh, it's I know Stephen. It sounds stupid to say this, but it genuinely does. It, it is a good feeling to get that feedback. Um, not for not for yeah. giggles, but uh, you know what? It's weird, guys. Um, we sit here sometimes talking to each other, other times on the other side of the world, just chatting away, doing our thing. And, hey, I see the download numbers. They're great. But now and then it's nice to hear from real people. And so never hesitate to shout out, folks, on Twitter, at Trevor Long, at Stephen Fennick. Yes. Now, Stephen, you are in uh, the wonderful um, South Korea. I was there earlier in the year. You are there now with uh, – it's kind of like the Ford versus Holden. I was there with Ford. You were there with Holden. I was there with LG. <laughs> You're there yep. with Samsung uh, on a similar kind of um, – exploratory mission. Um, yep. What have you seen thus far? Obviously, there'll be a complete, a comprehensive follow-up on uh, on the Tech Guide podcast and at techguide.com.au, but tell us, yep. what, what, what have you been up to other than taking photos of you coming out of sexy shops? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I've uh, spent two days at the Samsung campus, which is in Suwon City, just south of, uh, of the main sort of hub, the main centre of Seoul. 
and their campus is uh, 30,000 people, size of a university, you know, ultra-modern, different buildings, housing, you know, there's mobile division, there's your the TV division, digital appliance division, and uh, we, we spent uh, time in various sessions talking to various uh, group, the business group leaders. So we, uh, the first day we spoke to the the people who behind the wearable division. So we, we spoke about the, the new gear products, the gear sport, the gear icon X, the gear fit two. Uh, so, they gave us an insight into sort of the take-up rate and how uh, the, the sort of the future future health is sort of depending on these wearable products and sort of its place in that. Um, we also spoke a really interesting chat with the the designers of the Note Eight. Uh, it was fascinating. Two women. It was a, a, one woman who was one of the chief designers, and uh, the other woman who was was a, a color and materials specialist. So the, mm-hmm. the, their approach to what they were designing and the mission, so that they had had to put a statement out there about this has to be, uh, you know, nothing, no boundaries, and nothing standing in your way, giving the customer complete access to all the features. And it, it was it sounded a little bit out there, but they did sort of reach a point where they defined it enough where they had enough direction then to suggest what the phone should look like. And I, and I discovered, and as you mentioned, I'll write this up on Tech Guide and on my podcast, I discovered that the, the design cycle starts 24 months before release. So mm. with that in mind, work, they must be working on now, they must have just started on the Note 10 if that's the production yeah, cycle. Wow. So you just see how far ahead they work. But that was a great session. Also, this was a fun session too with now, – now, we all know everyone who's got a Samsung phone, they hear the ringtones. Uh, people who turn who, – who the, the TV, they, they hear all the sounds that come out of it. Anyone who's got a Samsung fridge, a Samsung appliance, they all make noise. They all make sounds. I met the guy who's in charge of creating all of those sounds. So any noise that comes out of a phone, whether it's the, the, the sound that your Samsung pay when you turn it on or flicking through your cards or a ringtone or any you're turning the temperature up on an air conditioner or opening your fridge, your fridge has been open too long. Every sound is created in a studio in their, on their campus, which is Imagine the remarkable. email inbox of that joint. They'd be going... Uh, hey, hey, boys, can you make me the sound of, um, you know, Bluetooth turning off on a sound bar, please? And they're like, oh, yeah. Jesus, have we got one of those, guys? Well, th- someone get a, exactly someone get a keyboard yeah. out. I mean, you know, wow. Yeah, well, they were, they were talking about, like, you know how we got a natural, like the, the regular user interface? Mm. They're talking about an auditory user interface. So noises that can suggest what you're doing. For example, if you turn up the, the temperature on an air conditioner, the noise, the sound sort of rises in pitch. If you're turning it off or turning something on or off, the noise will suggest you'll know, okay, that must be turned off now because the, the sound right, suggested yes. it turning off or getting lower or something like that. So there's a bit of a science behind it as well. But the other thing too, we, we, we met the guy who composed Samsung's theme song. Now, anyone who owns a Samsung song, a Samsung phone, and what I'm going to do, I'm going to get my phone out and play you the song I mean. It's called mm. Over the Horizon. Now, anyone who's got a Samsung phone will know this song, and anyone who's ever been to a Samsung event, an unpacked event, will know this as well. This is what I'm talking about. Oop. It's not playing. Hang on. <laughs> Awkward. Let's turn the volume up. <laughs> Hang on. Let's try that again. And... 
over the horizon is this. Oh, yes. So, bum, bum, you're pretty bum, familiar bum, with that. Yeah. So, you know the song I'm talking about. Sadly, well, yes. That was... That was created by a gentleman named Mr. Yoon, who's sort of part of the head of the sound department there. And every year they remake that song for a new device. So they don't say, they don't say mate, how about you think of a bloody new song? They keep the same song and adapt it. Like this year they got this young, young British musician, young guy I've never heard of, Jacob Collier, I think his name is, who, who created that version you just heard. And that was that was the version that we heard. So mm. that was the first day. Today we had a really interesting session with their head of global mobile marketing who really took us inside the whole brand journey of Samsung Mobile and how the mission was for them not to be perceived as a tech company but more a lifestyle brand and how it's all about the customer and the customer's needs being met and also gave us a really interesting insight into the sort of the, the crisis management when the Note 7 problems arose a year ago. Mm. That was really interesting chat that uh, you know, I had a really good uh, chat with with, with him, uh, P.O. Shunka, his name is. Uh, we also then looked at the home appliances as well, their whole division. And that was really interesting too, the whole connected home strategy, how that's coming along for Samsung as well. So it's been a really interesting couple of days. Met, met some great people from Samsung and some other journalists here. We were here from with journalists from uh, from from Indonesia, from Singapore, Malaysia. And so it was great to be part of the whole South South Pacific group here. So it's been a fun few days and uh, really interesting. It's given me a whole new sort of appreciation of the company, sort of their mission statement and what, they're, what they want to achieve in the market and I also learnt what Samsung means did you, did you know the meaning of Samsung what it means I know it's a bloke and Sam called Sam and his mate no, called Sam no good try Sam in, in Korean means three and Sung means star because you can remember back in the day three so star mate you think they would have gone five star three star well, three star was the. If you look back in the, their logo, used to have three stars, sort of one, one nearly on top of the other. Sort of they formed like a V shape sideways. That it was that was the the part of the logo. But mm. uh, that is the origin of it because three star was meant excellence. You know, that's a thing in in, in Korean that sort of meant okay. It's three star means it's very good. It's interesting because um, I remember now looking back on the LG trip. Um, uh, understanding and learning for the first time what LG meant. Do you remember what yeah, that's short for? Lucky Gold Star. Yeah, and it's like because that was be two separate, um, two separate organisations. Um, you know, yep. um, and and a lot of people, if you ask them that, would say life's good. But that's just a that's just a catchphrase. But, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a nice little catchphrase for now, but isn't it? <laughs> thinking about that, um, you know, gold star, three star. I wonder if there's a symbolism or a yeah. uh, and something iconic about the star in in South Korea. Yeah. Oh, I think so, but, but like but little, little. Uh, not many people know that Samsung was actually started in the 1930s as a grocery store. The the, the it, 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 was, it was a, it was it, it was a company that was built uh, after the the the, the war uh, and to, was was designed to give people struggling give them employment, some form of employment. Mm. But then the Korean War broke out as well, World War Two. then the Korean War, and the company was still going, but then they just they made a strategic investment. They thought, well, we need to pivot here, and they decided in the 70s that they thought electronics is going to be the big thing, and mm. boy, were they right. And uh, they, they made massive investments in, in microprocessors, 
the certainly video made better decisions well. than Kim Jong Un's father and Pan. Maybe yes. You know? So, uh, but no, it, it's a fascinating, fascinating look inside the, at the company and, and being on the campus. It was fantastic. There was, uh, the, it, it was great to see the, the the divisions and just you can just see that you sort of you knew. I, I know a little bit better the character of the company. That they're they're really on a mission. They want to make things. Prosperous for the customer. They're thinking if we can make the customer happy, we can help them make the world better. You know how they have those mission mm, statements, mm. and it's not about money. It's sort of giving customers the possibilities and giving them the opportunity to do more. No, I think it's not about money. The, Discount the, all your prices, then. Yeah. <laughs> but that no, it was fascinating. Looking uh, as as we said, I will be covering covering it on Tech Guide and on my Tech Guide podcast. All right, stand by for that, folks. Uh, two blokes talking tech. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, an interesting little piece that I wrote on Tech Guide, and it sort of came up. A developer brought this brought this up about the possibility of there being uh, it being possible to fake an Apple ID pop up. You know, anyone who's using an iPhone or an iPad will know. Sometimes it says, "I'll oh, sign into the iTunes Store, sign in." And it's this pop-up that appears in the middle of the screen, and you naturally, I think, reflex action is for a user just to type in their password. Yeah. Well, it's, it was discovered that a developer had would have the ability to actually replicate that on within an iOS app. So it's like this phishing uh, phishing scam that could be put forward by a developer. Now, while while everyone's hitting the panic button, thinking, "Oh my God, you know, the world would never be the same again," this hasn't actually happened, but it is possible. To happen, so I wrote in my story the fact that it's possible our developers have the ability to put this in there if they wanted to. Uh, but then the, later on in the story, I did explain the fact that well, Apple is a pretty pretty strict gatekeeper for the App Store, so that this would I think that they would reject an app if it didn't run properly, let alone it risking your security. So it's very very low chance of this actually happening, mm. but it is possible. Yeah, and I think uh, Apple will, will search for that code. And um, I would be more worried about whether or not the code can be transported into a web uh, pop-up as well. And that's that's a massive concern. I think the good news is in the, the developer is Felix Krauss, um, who discovered this. And he's critically, critically not revealed the code, which is good, but it wouldn't be a rocket yeah. scientist now to, now to look for it and work it out. But he also makes the point that if you do get the pop-up and you hit the home button, and the app quits, then you know that it is not legitimate because, in fact, when the Apple pop-up comes, and, of course, it hasn't happened to me in days. It used to happen all the time. When the Apple uh-huh. pop-up comes, hitting the home button should do nothing. So yes, if you get you an iTunes prompt, yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's an important way to understand that. And also, if you're worried and you want real protection, then two things. Firstly, just cancel the message no matter who it comes from and go into the settings and enter your yep. password. And secondly, yep. make sure that you've got two-factor authentication turned on. Absolutely right. Yeah, and, no, you I've know, got for... two-factor authentication. It, it's look. I think a lot of people think, "Well, oh, boy, you know what a hassle." Yeah. But I think when when they do take the trouble to do it, if there is an issue with their account, they'll thank their lucky stars they did. Because no I question. think it's it's one of those things where it's a necessary thing you need to do. Yeah, you, you have to do it. So it's interesting this came up this week because it's uh, Stay Safe Online Week, and um, the Australian yep. government's uh, Stay Smart Online initiative revealed or released a list of the 25 most common passwords. Not not breaking news because we've seen this before, but a good reminder to people that 123456 is not a good password at all. Neither. And if you don't if you don't know that, like, come on. If yeah. you don't know that. If you're listening to this show and you don't know that, 
you are forcibly required to unsubscribe. Okay? That's just outrageous. Yeah. Also, the word password, not a good password, surprisingly enough. So, yeah. oh, honestly, I mean, folks, come on. I mean, but I've heard of people. I've heard of people, Trev, having their password. Uh, they make their password incorrect. They write incorrect. Yeah, yeah. So when they when they get it wrong, it says your password is incorrect. So they think, oh, that's a good reminder, <laughs> and they type it in. And the other one is um, just because you put a zero instead of an O, that's not enough. And do you know, even to make matters worse, this week, uh, Stilgarian, who's uh, an, an unbelievable um, IT journal in a kind of nerdy um, security space. <laughs> Um, Let's put it nicely, yep. Oh, okay. mate, massive nerd, like, <laughs> yeah. massive nerd, changed his name to Stilgarian. I mean, he's got one name. Yeah, hello. Um, but yeah. he uncovered, um, because it was a report was released this week from the government saying all of this kind of cyber um, threats and, and vulnerabilities they had discovered that year, and there was mention of a defence security contractor having um, been hacked. And he dug into this and found out that this defence security contractor had technical information about the joint fight, um, strike fighter, about different munitions and smart bombs and all these things. Anyway, the company from... The, so not the defence force, but the company they were contracting to, um, basically what happened was their help desk system. So imagine a, a company of 20 people and they've, they've bought a, a help desk system so they can manage people's IT queries. You know, I need a new phone, yeah. or my password's wrong, whatever. They've bought this system yeah. and they've installed it. And it's got a web portal. So you're at home, you want to log on and lodge a ticket because you've got a problem. With the web portal, they installed it, set it up, and guess what the username and password for the portal were? Admin. Username. Admin. And password. No, no, admin, admin. <laughs> admin, admin. Okay? And oh, guest, oops. guest. So that's oh, no. all it took um, was for that to happen. For Because you think about it, the help oh, no. desk, right? You get into the help desk, you've got access to people's email addresses for a start, and then likely someone said, oh, mate, my password's not working. Can you reset it to welcome one? And there you've got that bloke's oh. password. So a really, really bad thing to happen. Um, I'm not sure what data's come out of it, but interesting that it um, it happened or was revealed this week and, well, and good good research from, from Stilgarian. What's, what's, but, your, uh, what's your advice on a good password? Like is it, well, the, I think the rule of thumb is use capital letters, use numbers, yep. use, use um, some uh, – commas and apostrophes and so i've made it pretty clear i've got a couple of things to say but a lot, of, a lot of people say um you must have a different password for everything that's stupid okay because it's not real people can't do that it's just not technically logistically possible okay password managers are great if you're a complete nerd but i don't find them useful at all so here's yeah, my there's advice. a couple there like da- i've used dash lane yeah, yeah. Used they're, all, they're all they're good. good they're all good they're pretty good but yep. but they're actually still complicated to get set up and to manage. So my advice is, before we talk about how to make a password, my advice is to have three at the very least. One for your bank that you never use anywhere else. One for your email account that you never use anywhere else. And then one that you use on multiple websites, like you might use on Facebook and Twitter and some shopping sites. The reason your email account should be separate to anything else you have is because your email account is also the key to every single password. Because when you forget a password, that is how you get new passwords. So if someone's in your email account, they can can reset everything. Now, when it comes to making a strong password, I'm really clear about this. It's actually quite simple. Sounds utterly complicated, but Take the time. Look around the room you're in now. And I came up with a thing that said uh, bottle, torch, camera, for example, right? Now, if you put those yep. three words together, they're random words not normally put together. So that's good. They're very long, all put together. It's a very long password. 
And then you start throwing in random capitals, not the first letter of the word, a couple of numbers yep. and a hashtag or a percentage sign or something. And it sounds complicated yeah, to do, but if you yeah. if you just type it in Microsoft yeah. Word 50 times, like you're doing lines at school, just type it over and over again, you'll get muscle memory. And once you've got that muscle yep. memory, boom, it just comes out. So it sounds like a complicated I, uh, password, but it's very easy to do. Yeah, I, I, what I tend to do is I, I recommend people think think of a line, a favourite line out of out of a movie or a song. I know what your password and, is, Stephen. Bunnies twenty fourteen. No, it's not. No, no, that changed, mate. But <laughs> it uh, wasn't I, one I, time. I, no, it wasn't. It was never that password. But I, I like to think like think of a favourite line out of a song or a line out of a movie, and maybe take the first letter of, of that sentence. Oh, so a long, long, sort of, a, a long yeah, time ago so, in know, a galaxy there, far, far away. Offer, I'll make you an offer you can't refuse, which is out of the Godfather. So take the first letters of that, add a number to it something you remember so at least you know that okay my facebook is the godfather my twitter is uh, star wars i've got uh, this the you know a, a favorite song is another one so at least that you can as long as you can associate something to prompt you to remember it then you're you're a better chance of, of, of yeah. retaining that information so and add, add some numbers and punctuation but that that would be a hard password to crack it would be. So uh, good advice. Um, if you want to read about any of those stories we've talked about, go to techguide.com.au and eftm.com. Now, Stephen, a quick one. Um, do you remember when Foxtel launched broadband services, right? So they've got cable TV. Yes. And then they go, we're going to sell the internet. We're going to have a Wi-Fi modem and all this kind of stuff. And it was really strange that they only had ADSL. So I'm a, I'm a, at the time I was a cable subscriber. I've got Foxtel cable into my house with a box. And you can get cable internet, but you couldn't get Foxtel via the cable because Telstra was selling uh, that cable internet themselves and they wouldn't let anyone else sell it. Now that cable's now owned by the NBN. And finally this week, um, Foxtel announced they were going to have NBN Foxtel bundle plans available through the HFC cable network. Now, this is not amazingly revolutionary news because they've, they've had NBN plans now for a little while, so this is not new in the, in the broader sense. But, and, but their plans are going to be like 65 bucks if you've got the platinum plan. You get yourself internet yeah. into the house, which is great value. But here's why it's important. Foxtel have a database of everyone who they've ever connected to cable, whether they're an existing customer or an old customer. And they can now target in a nice way they can target those people for a broadband offer so think about it this way foxtel had let's say i was still a cable customer which i'm not they can look at me and go he's a cable customer so he's paying money with us he tick he has nbn available in his area on the hfc let's send him a letter let's let's send him an email let's get in touch with him so the cost per acquisition is very low because they can go direct to the customer they don't have to do blanket mail drops they don't have to do mass media advertising it's a big deal i reckon mate yeah, absolutely. No, I think that Foxtel, you know, that when they made the move to broadband, it, it was I thought, yeah, that's a good move. But then there was, like you said, that that sort of barrier was the limit of ADSL. But the fact that now you can, the possibility of having all the services coming down one pipe, and what I like too is that yeah, they're going to offer their platinum customers customers a discount. But it, it, it's if you want to change from what you had. To, to the NBN or to the new service, then there's no need to recontract. They're just going to flip you over to the, to the, the new version of your broadband that's available to you. Yeah. 
No, I think it's a great move. And as I, as I said in my story, I actually think from the business perspective, from you know the value of the business and all that kind of stuff, it's gonna it's gonna go upwards with a rocket because they have the ability to uh, grow their average revenue per user. They can target these high yield customers. Um, and provide them with the NBN broadband service they're all looking for. So good news for Foxtel. If you're a Foxtel cable customer and you have NBN in your area, you can now choose NBN through Foxtel. So a big deal for them. And you can check out more about that at EFTM.com. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen. Now you know about Orbi. It's the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. It gives you reliable, secure, crazy fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, everywhere. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi everywhere. And it reaches up to 370 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs and doors. There's three or four versions of Orbi now. So if you've got a smaller home, there's an Orbi to suit you. If you've got a big home, there's an Orbi to suit you. There's even an Orbi Pro for businesses to give you business-grade access uh, for your customers to the internet via your um, via your existing internet connection. So with a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favorite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you'll have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi tri-band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem and connection to maximize the speed that you're already paying for. Sleek design, state-of-the-art technology. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au or be better Wi-Fi everywhere. Now look, Stephen, I don't want to freak people out here, but I've I've got an important <laughs> an important topic to raise. Of course. <sighs> Star Wars. Now the reason I want to yeah. raise this is because there's there's a gadget, there's a toy there's yep. something very interesting coming out, and it's a it's a robot. There is a very impressive UbiTech. Now UbiTech make really good robots, and these are not specifically toys. They actually can be used in many ways to be kind of taught things to do around the house. This robot has grip. This robot can patrol your home. This robot has the ability to recognize up to three faces. This robot can understand your voice. This robot is designed in the shape, in the character of a stormtrooper. It looks, frankly, like a caricature, big head, little body um, stormtrooper, yes. but super cute. I'm guessing, I haven't seen one in the flesh, I'm guessing it's about 40 centimetres tall. It's coming to Australia next month in November. It'll be four ninety nine at JB's and Harvey's and, and such places. Stephen, I'm tipping you will sell a child to get one of these. I will be looking at this very closely, Trevor. Yes, the, uh, the it is the first order stormtrooper and has large feet, I guess, for the balance. And it does have that sort of caricature look, as you said, with a larger head. And but if it can walk around, if if it, if it can give us uh, some something from the movie, if it can recite some lines or maybe have have some kind but of stormtroopers don't talk, do they? Uh, yeah, they can't. They can talk. Of course, okay. they can talk. Okay, I didn't but, know uh, that. Right. Yeah, so if if they if it can say things, if it can do things from the movie, I think it'll make it even better. The fact that it looks like a, a first order stormtrooper is brilliant in itself. But if it can do all the things you said, like walk around, grip things, and do things for you, uh, and recognize people, but imagine if it could say things like you know the ask you questions that a stormtrooper would ask you, like uh, you know call you a rebel scum or something like that. That'd be really cool. <laughs> Now, you saw something um, probably just as cool for Around the House uh, from Samsung. I did, yeah. I, I caught sight of the first, oh, well, their, their new robot vacuum cleaners, but in the shape of 
Darth Vader and a Stormtrooper. So First Order Stormtrooper and Darth Vader. So the same shape of the, the robot vacuum cleaner, but with Darth Vader's face on one and a Stormtrooper on the other. They, uh, I only heard the Darth Vader one in action, and it plays the Imperial March, you know, that dun, 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 yeah, that, that theme. Mm-hmm. It also says, it when it starts, it does the Darth Vader breathing. And it also <laughs> makes some interesting comments too, because, you know, a vacuum cleaner is supposed to be powerful. And I did hear it say, indeed, you are powerful, which is a line that Darth Vader uses in Empire Strikes Back. So it, it's having a bit of fun. It's using the authentic character voices, the music. So I think uh, this is going to have to be in the in the Tech Guide Theatre. I'm pretty sure this will be coming. Now, that's that's exciting. But, Stephen, I'm surprised that you took this trip or at least didn't delay your trip because <laughs> you realised that what you did by being on a plane the other day was allow yeah. me, me to see <laughs> the new Star Wars trailer before you. Yeah, that was uh, – I was – you know what? I absolutely did think that. I'm thinking there's going to be – he's going to be able to see this before me, and that'll be something he'll have, he'll have over me Forever. and re- remind me of, mm. uh, which is what you're doing. <laughs> so, yes, uh, I, I did get off the plane in Hong Kong on my way to Seoul, and the first thing I did was as soon as I got onto Wi-Fi, I thought, I've got to watch this thing. And, wow, uh, I was very impressed and, and was uh, – I've even written about it on Tech Guide, all the questions I had to ask. I just had to get this – I had to get this out of me. All now, I watched it I once and couldn't give a rat's about it at all, but I'm assuming um, <laughs> Ray goes to the dark side. Is that what everyone thinks is going to happen by that well, spoiler? there is that kind of uh, – that, that Insinuation? That yeah, well, I think, you know, I, look, I think what I, how I've described it is there's a lot of – I thought at first, I think, God damn it, they're giving away the movie. But what I think they've done is they're just throwing a few dummies. There's a there's a there's a dummy for there. There's a dummy there. And what you're thinking is going to happen? Uh, yeah, it's just clever editing. I think they did the same thing with the Force Awakens. There were some scenes in the Force Awakens trailer that didn't even make it into the movie. So th- half of these scenes probably were just made just were put together just for the trailer, as far as we know. But I can't imagine Ryan Johnson, who's the writer and director, giving away, giving the plot away in a trailer. And, you know, some Star Wars fans are so paranoid that not, they don't even watch the trailer. They don't watch a frame of the trailers and, and they don't see anything until the movie is in front of them in the cinema. So and some, I think, some, uh, some Star Wars fans are so nerdy they watch every single frame. That's exactly frame right. Frame by frame, like you complete nerd. Like me. Yes, I, uh, yeah, but it was it, just from the look of it. Just, just, just generally, it looks fantastic. Some great looking scenes and some interesting character development and character direction. I think Luke Skywalker has got obviously a much bigger part in this film, but he was only seen at the very end of the Force Awakens. A lot of Carrie away, Fisher in the in the trailer too, and I think that's yes, a, a was, homage yeah, to that her. Was, and I think fans, I think, would appreciate that. And there was even a, in in the trailer, there's a suggestion that Kylo Ren was is out out to get her. And as we know, uh, spoiler alert: Kylo Ren, Princess Leia, is uh, Kylo Ren's mum. What? So, uh, you know, is he? Is he what are you doing to me? <laughs> you didn't know that. You've seen the Force Awakens. Have I? Come on, yes, you have. You said Episode Seven. Of course, you've seen it. Have I? You know, you know who his dad is. Well, Kylo Ren's dad. Was Han Solo? I'm not sure I've seen part. Seven, mate. Yes, you have. You saw it, didn't you? See it on a plane going somewhere? No, that was the the the, the three original ones. No, you've seen it. I'm pretty I'm, sure. I'm you've mate, seen I fell it. asleep during it because <laughs> <Yeah. it's> rubbish. 
obviously. Yeah, okay. So I started right. watching and it was rubbish and I turned it off. Anyway, if you want to, to be really bored to tears, maybe you're having trouble <laughs> sleeping, techguy.com.au. Um, yep. Not Thanks, not Stephen's mate. regular articles, but his Star Wars stuff will drive you to the drink or Thanks, to mate. sleep. Good on you. <laughs> Two folks talking tech. Let me ask you this, Trev. When you were a young bloke growing up, did your mum ever tell you, stand up straight? You're no. slouching. No, mate, I was your a favourite. Your mum never told you to do that? I was a favourite. She didn't say anything of <laughs> I the bet, sort. Yeah, I bet you were. I bet you were. <laughs> Still but am. I'm sure, people, I'm sure people can relate to yeah. being Sit up told, straight. Stand up straight. Sit up straight. You're slouching. And that's something that we grew up with. We knew we had to have good posture. We had to stand up straight and, and, and have good posture. But now... With their, their smart devices for everything, now there's a smart device that can check your posture and remind you to stand up straight because uh, it's called Upright Go and it's sort of a small wearable, sort of fits at the top of your back. It's got these sensors on board so it can detect when the, the muscle movement in your, in your body and can detect if you're not having maintaining good posture. Gives you a little buzz on the back, so a little vibration, or you get a, an alert through your smartphone and reminds you to uh, stand up straight. You're not, you're not achieving good posture. And that's important because posture, with, with good posture comes good health. Bad posture, you're looking at neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain. And if you're a young, if you're you know, obviously a younger person growing up with bad posture, it could lead to these problems later in life. There's a, a saying, you know, if you bend the twig, so grows the tree. So if you have maintain good posture as a young person, then you'll grow up and, and keep that good posture and keep good health. So a really interesting little product. And it works one. really well. I mean, I installed it and I'll give you, and this is going to sound um, really ridiculous, but I was, it's a thing you stick on your back, right? And yep. I thought, well, hang on a minute, this is going to be awful when I take it off. FYI, doesn't doesn't wax the hairs like like you might think. If you're a bloke listening, you've got a hairy back. Not an issue. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And the, the, it's remarkable watching the app because it's in real time. The Bluetooth transmits. And you can watch the app and you can make the little character on the app bend over just by kind of bending your back. And it vibrates on your back and makes you kind of sit up. And yeah. oh, look, yeah. I, I used it for about half a day and realized I had crap posture and needed to do better. But... I mean, I'm not going to use it every day, but I I like the idea, especially for people who are very conscious of this, and I think it's a great way to do it. Absolutely, I think you know if there's a the, the way it works is that you can use it to give you a tap a like little buzz if you're not standing up straight you can also use it to monitor your posture so you're not getting the vibrations but you can use it to monitor your posture throughout the day so you can look on the app and see how you've gone there's also the upright pro which is slightly more expensive you wear that for periods of up to 60 minutes so it's like training goals you can achieve and unlock these daily goals so i think look if you're if you're conscious of of your health and your your posture maybe not being the best, this could really correct it. I think it's it sort of can teach you muscle memory that okay, this is good posture. I need to stand like this yeah. so that you know what good posture is because that's half the problem. People don't they you don't not realize know yeah. they've got bad posture. But if, if you're told, well, you know, this is actually good posture when you stand like this, and that way. Your muscle memory comes, kicks in, and you could avoid all these other problems down the track. Check it out, uh, eftm.com and techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. 
You can see the incredible with the latest ULED TVs from Hisense. The all-new Hisense Series 7 is back with features consumers have embraced, including depth of rich colours and detailed picture quality. With Hisense ULED, Australian consumers will always have access to the very best in content, and picture quality. ULED is the result of internationally patented technology to bring out the best of its remarkable LCD LED TVs. Key features include 4K UHD resolution, HDR plus wide colour gamut and local dimming for a viewing experience that will blow your mind. The stylish ULED Series 7 opens up Netflix to 4K HDR. You can also view Stan, Freeview Plus along with YouTube. It's all built in. Using the Hisense interface, customising your TV to your viewing habits has never been easier thanks to the ribbon menu. The Hisense 4K ULED TV Series 7 comes in 50, 55, 65 and a massive 75 inches. See one for yourself today at your local electronics retailer. Hisense, see the incredible. Now, it's interesting to me, Stephen, the Arlo Pro cameras, which you and I both have, um, I've updated a couple of my original Arlo's to Pro's, which means that I've got the rechargeable battery, um, slightly better um, vision quality, two-way audio. There's a bunch of features there. And it's interesting to me because the rechargeable battery is easy to use. You know, you pull the camera down and plug it into the wall for a while and she charges. But, you know, what what has happened to me, in fact, I this week bought um, two spare batteries and a charging station so that I always had a hot spare ready to go. Um, The day or that afternoon, like literally two hours after I spent $300 at JB Hi-Fi buying um, rechargeable batteries, Uh, the people at Nitgear rang me and said, you should come and grab uh, one of these new products we've got. It's a solar panel for the Arlo Pro. Now, we saw this at CES. Um, it actually yep. didn't come to Australia quickly because, as I recall, um, I was told kind of on background that the solar panel had to be a certain type or style or something for Australia. So it, they had to literally yeah. create a whole new new product for Australia. Um, yep. And so it's finally here, um, 140 $49. I feel like it was going to be 179 but maybe I put a typo in my story. Uh, anyway, let's call it $149. <laughs> yep. I'm genuinely question, questioning myself after the fact now. Um, okay. But, but let's call it 150 bucks. Um, yep. It's so easy. It comes in the box with a, uh, with a mount. Um, yep. You mount it reasonably close to um, – yeah, it is $149, by the way – reasonably close to your, to your, Go, your pro camera. And, yep. mate – it just plugs in, and now there is only one one little trick is if you've got one of those tripod mounts you're using, not the magnetic one, if you're using one of the tripod yep. mounts, you need to remove the kind of nut on the on the thread so that the cord can plug in, but I worked that out and got that going. But it's really cool now. During the day, it shows as, as it's charging. Like on, on the app, Fantastic. it says it's charging, and it just works out of the box, and it means I'll never need to touch that camera again. Ever and the size the size of the panel it looks like it's sort of slightly bigger than an iPhone eight plus so it's a bit oh, bigger than a phone. No, it's it's much bigger. It, yeah, much okay. much bigger than that. It's I thought, um. Oh, you must have. I'm going to say small hands. Then you got small hands. Then oh, <laughs> I'm going to say hands. I don't know what the thing is. I'm going to say a <laughs> um, little bit narrower than an iPad mini. Oh, really? That big? Okay. Yeah, it's you kind of a, quite I, tall. I look at the shot on EFTM. I think you probably got it on a bit of an angle there then, okay? Bit of yeah, a, it's, a, bit of a perspective it's a, problem it's a there, decent, okay? Yeah, well, problem there. Cheers, mate. No worries. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're perspective right. Perspective issue. Yeah. I mean, it's a big unit. It's quite okay. tall compared, but um, yeah, mate, it works so well. Just straight out of the box, boom, it's done, works. And I've got yep. to say, if you've got the Arlo 
Pro, and it'll also work on the Go, which comes out next year. Um, yep. Yeah, it looks like a cracking little product. It worked just the first time. It, it's an, it, I think it's a logical step for them because it, the, the Pros uh, have the rechargeable battery and like, you, like you've done, you've bought the, the recharger kit, so you've got the, the, the ready, ready-to-go spares to put in. But now this solves that problem. And I think and the other thing is, remember, it opens up a whole new world of placement. So I've, I've always wanted uh, an Arlo kind of up on the second story of my house looking down on the backyard. But yes. I could maybe put it up, but I'm never going to get up there every day, every you know, three months to change the battery. So yeah. this is it, set and forget. Um, it could be on the back fence looking at your house. It could be up up high looking down. It could be up in a tree looking down. Um, yeah, it's a great little product. 150 are there, bucks. Are there any uh, Are there any recommendations on what way it should face? Should it face north? Should it face east, west, or well, is it just works whatever, however you do it? There is a There is a guide in the uh, in the installation, but it's it's kind of not rocket science, right? You want to get the most sun possible. So I've pointed mine yep. at the west, but it's yep. it's probably going to get direct sunlight from around one o'clock in the afternoon, maybe midday. So yeah, right. I figure that. You, you know, if you can, you, you point it as as close to, you know, directly in, in the middle of the air as you can. Um, but it's, yeah. obviously it's going to be on one side at most times. So, yeah, you know, mine, mine is probably is, in, uh, in, in danger yeah. of one quarter of the year not getting as much sunlight because it's kind of uh, protected by the gutter. But, yeah, I, I don't right. think that's going to make a difference in the overall scheme of the charging. Yeah, so. I, saw, I saw where you've got it there. Yeah, no, I, uh, I think the ideal placement for panels, are if, you, if you're installing panels, are if they're facing north because north-facing panels, then the sun will go over them from that's east right. to west. Yeah. But that, that, that's ideal. But it, it, if you're facing directly east, directly west, that's not an issue either because you'll get it's a, gonna, in you'll the morning you'll get it or in the afternoon you'll get the sun as well. And you've got to remember uh, with solar panels, they, they always absorb sunlight but the more direct the light, the better the power. So even if your panel is facing west, it will get easterly sun. It just won't provide a large amount of power. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a fun little thing, 150 bucks. If it's not in your local store now, it'll be there in the next 7 to 10 days. Great little product from Arlo. The, it's called just called the Arlo Solar Panel uh, under the accessories. When I was in JB Hi-Fi looking at those batteries, the accessories were just all there with the Arlo. So easy to find, easy to get, easy to install. Check it out. Arlo Solar Panel. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Oh, I've got a quick one before the minute reviews. It's an interesting product from Signet. Now, we know that you can carry around batteries to charge your phone, uh, charge your tablets, but... How about a battery that can actually charge your laptop on the move? Uh, This is a new product. Signet has launched the new Charge Up Pro. And this is a power bank that's got 20,000 milliamp hour capacity. But not only has it got the capacity, it's also got the output to charge a laptop. And that's I'm talking 45 watt output through a USB-C port. So this can charge a MacBook Pro, a MacBook, uh, Lenovo, HP Spectre, and, and, and various other USB-C laptop models. It is enough charge to give a complete recharge on the go. So how many times have you, you just get about to get on a plane or you, you need to go out somewhere and you think, God, I need to charge my laptop. There's no charge there. Well, now this has really solved that problem, giving you this ability to charge up on the go. Yeah, look, I think um, one of the things you realize when you're traveling is uh, instant power is, is critical, but sometimes there's no PowerPoint. 
right? And so actually yeah. carrying around a power cord is a complete and utter pain in the bum, let alone useless. So when you travel, especially the way we do, you kind of, you're always got your hotel base, so you can keep your power cord there. But if you just take that boost of power with you on the go, you're always going to feel comfortable with it. So... Yeah, well, this is a game changer, I think. For you know the travel we do, where we, we go to CES, we go to Mobile World Congress, we're we're out of our room, we're on the go for twelve hours at a time, and we don't have time to sit next to a PowerPoint for an hour and a half and get a charge. So yeah. this to me is really cool product that I'll, I'll be using uh, tremendously. Where as soon as I get it, I'm I'm, I'm going to be giving this a, a good a good go, but and and seeing how quickly it can charge the laptop with that output, it's about the same as having it plugged into the wall. Uh, we we did try a little experiment with the uh, Belkin, whether we did have a little smaller battery with a USB-C, and it didn't charge it one bit. It, it just stayed on the same percentage for the whole time. So that doesn't work. This it needed a certain level of output for it to work. In this case, the Signet can provide that, the 45-watt output through USB-C. And, of course, it can charge up your smartphones, your tablets. If you've got a portable gaming system, like you can charge up a product like the Nintendo Switch uh, and various other products, any other USB-C product, or USB product, I should say. So if you've got maybe a pair of headphones or earphones that need a bit of a charge, uh, this can handle that as well. Check it out, techguide.com.au. All right, mate, minute review time. Uh, I'll do one, you do one. Um, the Cosmo from Anki is incredible. I love it. My kids love it. This is a little beauty. Uh, it, it's I describe it as like having an electric puppy. I, anyone who's got a dog will appreciate the fact that whenever your dog sees you again, it's re, it's re always happy to see you. When it, whenever it recognises you, its tails wag and wants to play. This is exactly what Cosmo does. If you turn it on, you, you type in your name, you teach it who you are, uh, you, you feed it through these these uh, smart blocks, you tune it up, you discover various things, you can make it say various things as well. It's a fun little product that the more you use it, the more attached it gets to you. Even if you've got a pet, if you've got a dog or a cat, you should see the reaction when it sees your dog or your cat in your home. It's fantastic. It even, when it when it wakes up, it wants to play. Uh, I can remember writing my review. I, I was using it and, and I left it idle for a little bit and then it just started singing a song. It started singing Yankee Doodle Dandy and <laughs> it's got quite a, quite, quite a personality on it, which is a really, really fun little companion. I don't call it a toy. I call it a little companion. Uh, it, it's not cheap though i've got to say it's 320 dollars but i think when you're talking about a product with this much intelligence on board uh you, you this this isn't a just a tech toy this is a smart robot that can get smarter as time goes on and can also be improved and enhanced with various updates to the app as well so i think it's one of those toys or one of, i won't call it a toy one of those devices that will give you a lot of use and a lot of fun for years to come rather than just being a one trick pony that's going to you're going to get bored of in a week and i'll tell you the game that everyone should play and i genuinely mean this brought our family together we had uh, the grandparents around the kids and cosmo can play this tap game where it's cosmo sits there there's three blocks cosmo sits with one block um you know granny and, and jackson were sitting there with another block and what happens is the blocks go a certain color, and you have to wait until all three blocks are the right color, and you you hit it, and Cosmo yeah, will it's hit like his. Snap. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, like playing snap. snap it with with these blocks, yeah. and it's it's unbelievably challenging to try and beat this friggin' little robot. Um, yeah, great, great fun yeah. for the whole family, and I mean that genuinely. You got to feed and the thing; it's, one, it's one, great. 
one word of one, just one other little thing before we finish up. And there is a section in here where you can actually type things in for it to say. Mm. Okay. Now, I know there may be some adventurous kids and adventurous adults who may, <laughs> may try to get it to say things. <laughs> you know what I'm getting at here? Yep. Uh, it is It is smart enough to not say certain things. It, it, it is. So if there's a parent worried that they're going to, kids going to type in some obscenities into this thing, it is smart enough to think, it, it sort of acts really shy and sort of shakes itself saying, no, I can't say that. So uh, it, it is really smart. So they've gone to that level of detail to make sure this is a great experience for people of all ages. Because they know full well what's the first thing we type into a dictionary when we... <laughs> When we get one as a kid. I mean, that's yeah. just brilliant. All right, that's the uh, Anki Cosmo. Check it out at techguy.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. So I want to tell you about a, a new garage door installer I, I put in this week. Now, I've had a Bluetooth garage door um, controller for a couple of years. Um, I think two to three years. And the one I had last, <coughs> excuse me, was, was great. It was essentially just a little... Bluetooth activator, but there was no app for it. You had to go open up Bluetooth settings and just kind of connect to it, and it would just open. Um, because the, the 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 company that made it told me they just couldn't get app approval because it was either so small in, in numbers or whatever. Anyway, so I, I, I was I was sent this new one called the GoGate Two, and this guy is the full integrated solution. It's got uh, it's got an app, but it also has a Wi-Fi dongle, so it's connecting to your Wi-Fi network, so you can control it from anywhere. Easy to install if you've got an, a, a powered um, garage door. Um, you can also then get, and it's like $179. There's a $45 um, a sensor that tells you whether your garage door is up or down. And so you can look at the app and go, it's open or it's closed. There are compatible video cameras. D-Link, for example, is one of them. You can kind of pay a subscription and and pair the camera with the app as well. So you can actually see in real time if the door is open within the same app. Um, and mate, the best thing is it's IFT compatible. So the if yep. this then that comes community have created a bunch of recipes. The simplest ones being as soon as you you, you drive back within your um, your area geolocation wise, the door will open. Or uh, if you open the door, turn on X number of lights as well. You know, so there's a bunch of yeah, things like if you shut the door, turn off the lights. You know, there's a bunch of things you can do with the app uh, and with IFT that really enhance this thing. Really simple to install. And to be honest, $179 is a great price for a smart home garage door opener. So you need a door with a motor? Yeah, you'd have to have a door with a motor, yep. Yeah, so rather than using the door... the remote with the door, you mm. just use so it makes it turns that into a smarter system. That's it, exactly. You just yeah, uh, right. add, right. put a couple of wires into the system. It's very. I've done it a couple of times. Very easy to use. Yep. Um, really cool product. It's called the GoGate Two, and I've got the full details up at eftm.com. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Stephen, yes. Hurry home. This is rubbish. <laughs> Well, I think we I didn't want to let our listeners down. We've uh, you know it's quite late at night for you, but so I've got a couple of hours, a couple of hours behind you. So uh, we I did leave everyone out at dinner. I said no, I need to go back to the hotel. I want to record with Trevor. We need, owe this to the listeners. We promised we were going to do it, and we did. Well, we appreciate you doing it uh, while you're on the old Skype. Um, I think people will appreciate the update on the news of the week. We'll be back next week with episode 319. Thanks to the good people at Netgear and Hisense. Stephen, safe travels. Thank you very much, and I will be back with you next week for 319. Bring it on.